0: Stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three, seven seventy CHQR. That really interesting new survey out of Brigham Young University on a question that I think people struggle with because eventually we're in this position, having to deliver bad news. Maybe you're breaking up with somebody. Uh, maybe you're a manager, or an employer. You got to fire uh, an employee. Or even, you know, tell someone they didn't get that promotion. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe you got to give someone, you know, some, some bad medical news. Or a police officer, right? Something like that. So there are all kinds of different forms of bad news. And there's obviously a scale when it comes to the severity of bad news. But how do you deliver it? Do you build it up with some explanation? Do you just get it over with quickly? I mean, how do you go about measuring something like that in the first place? Uh, so researchers at Brigham Young University uh, attempted to do just that, and what they find is that people appreciate directness, candor, and a little bit of a buffer maybe, but, but very small. So joining us uh, to explain a little bit more on, on their findings, and I guess maybe the advice to people who find themselves in this position, Alan Manning joins us, uh, co-author of this new study, professor of linguistics and English language at Brigham Young University. Uh, professor Manning, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks. Good to be here.
0: Right. Well, I'm curious. So, what got you studying uh, something like this in the first place?
1: Well, this is this is kind of standard uh, topic in in communication classes, you know, business classes, and and um, other kinds of information design related fields. Is how do you deliver bad news? Because you know, there's always bad news. Right. Doctors have to deliver bad news, and you know, there is this whole relationship breakup question. And also, uh, you know, technical communicators often have to give these warnings and negative messages to people who might otherwise hurt themselves. So it's a fairly common topic that's that's in the textbooks uh, for professional communication. But the buffering advice, the standard advice is always to, to, you know, put quite a significant buffer on the bad news. You may have heard this yourself at some point in mm-hmm. your, you know, in your training. Um, but we were suspicious of that because people tend to ask for the bad news first if you give them a you know, good news, bad news choice. So we just wanted to investigate the, the nature of that advice, whether it was correct, whether there was some clarification we could give to it. There have been a lot of studies, but the findings have been all over the place. So we had to try and account for that as well. Uh, so we decided what we needed to do is simultaneously test a lot of different kinds of negative communication and, and see if there wasn't some sort of sliding scale of appropriate buffering. And, and that is indeed what the data shows us. Interesting. Well,
0: how do you even go about designing a study to, to test something like that?
1: <laughs> oh, well, that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the problem every researcher in every field faces is how, how do I design an experiment or a survey that's going to tell me what I, what I want to know. Uh, a lot of experimenters are limited by not having any kind of theoretical model to guide them. They want to just let the, the data tell them. But if you design a survey without any clear idea of what questions you're asking, then results tend to be all over the place. Um, so we were helped along quite a bit by having a, a theoretical model. It's kind of partly linguistics, partly psychology, about how meaning is processed. Uh, you know, So we started with that. This is from a philosopher named C.S. Peirce, who influenced a lot of people, but he himself is not well known uh, outside of you know, philosophy. But we used some of his ideas to come up with this idea of a sliding scale uh, different kinds of information that might require a different kind of buffer.
0: Right. Because so we talk about bad news, I mean, there's there's quite a range. I mean, you know, you didn't get the promotion is a whole lot different from, you know, there, there's, there's been a murder,
1: right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, they, they're, they're negative, but they're of different types. Uh, they have different semantic content, is, is what a linguist would say.
0: But by and large, I mean, do, do people expect the deliver of bad
1: news to get to the point quickly uh, well by and large uh, it's just impossible to say by and large that's the problem is the standard negative message advice has tried to just apply one one formula, which is whatever the bad news is, if people aren't going to like this news, you should buffer it. And and the standard recommendation is like a paragraph or a few sentences if it's being delivered verbally. Uh, and the the research results that we have say, no, people prefer either no buffer or a very small buffer. Uh, for nearly everything, until you get to people's beliefs, if you have to challenge somebody's beliefs, that's that's tricky. That requires some, some navigation. But everything short of that, even relationship issues, people want to get to the bad news quickly. It's just a question of whether you need a small preparation statement or whether you just need to just say flat out what the problem is. What purpose, then, does that buffer serve? Uh, well, when you need a buffer I- in the social context, it's just just prepare yourself. You know, we need to talk. You you already know that that's nothing good comes after we need to talk. We yeah. we know this, but we need that to just sort of get ready. So you know, when a doctor gives you a shot, they always say, "Okay, this is going to sting a little bit." Of course, they're lying. It's going to sting a lot, but, <laughs> but still, it prepares you. you so some preparation. I think I think that's the function is just that that brief moment of preparation, and then here it is. So people aren't caught off guard. Right. It, it It's torture, by the way, to tell somebody it's going to hurt and and not immediately get to it, but just sort of wait. <laughs> and drag it out. Any minute now, it's going to hurt. Yeah, don't drag it out. That seems to be the psychology behind this.
0: Well, I, I think there's often an effort when people are delivering bad news and they, they want to explain it as though that, that might soften the blow if people can try to understand oh, yeah. why the bad news is coming. But is that, <laughs> uh, is that a mistake?
1: Uh, Well— I mean, it depends on your perspective, right? From the perspective of the person who has to deliver the bad news, of course, <laughs> we comfort ourselves with with the lead up, you know. And so, all of this traditional advice about delivering bad news with a buffer has been more for the benefit of the person sending the message than the person getting the message. So, we wanted to flip that around and, and focus exactly on people getting the message, what their what their feeling would be. In this uh, So yes, from the delivery side, we we feel better warming up to it, but from the recipient side, it seems that the preference is, in nearly all cases, to get it fairly quickly, either immediately or very soon.
0: Right, because at the end of it all, I mean, the, the impact of the bad news is what it is. Regardless of, of mm-hmm. how you dress it up, if someone's losing a yep. job, if someone's been diagnosed with, with something awful, there's, there's no changing that.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, the, the dynamic changes quite a bit, although this was beyond the scope of this study that we've done. But we've, we've looked at this problem of trying to change people's opinions uh, this becomes a more complicated issue. but And if you just, in a very unbuffered way, when somebody, oh, well, you must know this. You do this all the time. You're interviewing someone, and they say something outrageous. <laughs> if you have to call them on it on the spot... Uh, there's going to be some hard feelings. Uh, yeah. You have to find your way around that. So that's the circumstance in which you know, other evidence tells us that probably there's a large buffer required there. But that's because that kind of information is very close to people's ego. It's close to their identity. And they're used to having that isolated from the real world. And so you have to approach that uh, much more cautiously than trying to tell someone that... You know, there's a, there's a hazardous chemical that they need to deal with. So I,
0: I guess the takeaway is that there are preferable ways of delivering bad news, or, or some ways are better than others, but there's no easy way. That's the bad news we've got to deliver.
1: Oh, yeah, guess, yeah. right there's, there's no easy way. Uh, it's all about optimization, right? It's a bad experience regardless, but we're going to optimize. We're not going to let the delivery of the message itself, you know, add, add to the stress.
0: All right. Well, certainly fascinating research. Professor Manning, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks for your interest.
0: All right, there you go. That's uh, Alan Manning, professor of linguistics and English language at Brigham Young University, uh, on how to uh, break bad news, which, sorry to say, is still not fun. Nine seven four eight two five five 8255 is the telephone number. Back with more right after this.